You're listening to the Brilliant Breakthroughs Podcast with your host, Maggie Magan. Hi, small business owners. Welcome to the Brilliant Breakthroughs Podcast, where we focus on creating brilliant breakthroughs for the small business owner. FYI, this is also the name of the number one Amazon best-selling book series for small businesses. It's titled Brilliant Breakthroughs for the Small Business Owner. And the subtitle is Fresh Perspectives on Profitability, People, Productivity, and Finding Peace in Your Business. You can go onto Amazon and you can get that in a digital copy or a paperback. The book we're referencing today in this episode is volume two with the emerald green color. Today's conversation is with a number one best-selling author from the 2018 book, Mike Raber. So hi, rock stars. My name is Maggie Mongan. I'm a number one best-selling business author and creator of the number one best-selling Brilliant Breakthroughs annual business book series. Wow, say that fast. And, <laughs> and I'm a master coach and trainer at Brilliant Breakthroughs. Inc. Now let's talk about our guest, Mike Raber. Welcome and congratulations, Mike, on recently becoming a number one best-selling business author. And should I say again? <laughs> Good morning, Maggie. How are you? Doing well, thanks. I'm, I'm excited that you're here because we are going to take our listeners on a little journey today, aren't we? Yes, ma'am. Okay. So, now, Mike, let's talk about your chapter topic in the 2018 book. And I'm really specific about that, listeners, because Mike was also an author in the 2017 book. So today it's the 2018 book, and Mike wrote in the seventh chapter, and it's titled, Discovering Your Business's True North. Mike, you, you really power packed this chapter. That's all I have to say. Good job. Thank you. <laughs> Good job. And I would love for us to pick two takeaways out of your chapter to discuss today because we still have, oh my gosh, four more episodes to discuss your chapter topics. Okay. So what would be the first takeaway you want our listeners who hopefully will be getting the book and reading it? What do you want them to get out of it? I would say the first message, and one of the things in the chapter, I started the chapter by sharing a story of a contest that I was in in school when I was in seventh grade, and some of the adversities that I had to figure out how to overcome in the contest, and some of the um, lessons learned, and how I was able to take those same lessons I learned as a 12-year-old, and then bring them into the business world as an adult. And one of the First lessons that really, and it took me quite honestly many, many years to figure out as I tried multiple businesses, ran different businesses, worked in different businesses, and lived the typical entrepreneur's life of figuring out as I went. And that was really corn, really defining my why. Why am I here? Why am I in business? And what am I about? What's my message? What is it that I want to share with? my clients, share with the world in essence. And one of the lessons that really allowed me to partake and gave me the, the um, reasoning 
behind the contest was I wanted to win, plain and simple. And I knew that I had a very, um, it was going to be a challenging path, put it that way. And the rest you can figure out in the chapter. But in doing so, I had to think outside of the box. I couldn't take the same things that everybody else in my class was doing. I couldn't take the same knowledge that I had, especially because as a 12 year I didn't have much. Especially <laughs> in the business world. Yeah, okay. So, so, I had to... so I guess I want to stop and say uh, the story that Mike is referencing is when he was a 12 year old and stepping into his entrepreneurial journey at that point. Okay, now we'll continue, Mike. <laughs> okay, cool. So in essence, I had to figure out how to learn the necessary um, tools, learn the necessary path that I need to, or action that I need to put in place to win this contest. And from that, again, the underlying core seed of setting myself apart, designing my business around why I was doing it, what I want to accomplish, and how that why stood apart from other people that were doing it, and then brought those same skill sets again into my own business. And years later, my why became serving my clients at a deep level, being different. I ran a limousine company, and I share some stories about that in the book. I'm a firm believer if you want to teach a lesson, teach you through a story. So as I do these podcasts, you'll often find that I use stories or case studies, examples to illustrate my points. And in the situation limousine company, I had a good company, and I had to figure out how to take the company and stand apart while I was staying true to my why or true north in the limousine company and build it in a way that I would eventually have a great company and again, learn as I went. Now, the nice thing about a limousine company, unlike other businesses, is my clientele also became my teachers. They became my mentors in that I served the corporate world and most of my clientele were high-end CFOs, CEOs. So I got to hang out with them all day, which as a young <laughs> business student, isn't a bad place to be. Get no. paid, caught. Gotta love it. Well, way to go. You're serving and you're learning simultaneously. That's pretty cool. Thanks. Okay, so, so what I like so far about what you're sharing, Mike, is um, know your why, because that's your business's true north. What was interesting about what you said is sometimes your, your why changes a little bit. Mm -hmm. And um, that, that's a really deep conversation because over the 15 years of me doing my business, I understand that my why is to do a certain thing, but then it gets deeper on how I deliver that why. So how, what I focus on shifts a little bit because I have my initial why or true north solidified. So now I can add more to it. And that's where it looks like it changes a little bit, but it almost, I don't think it does quite mm -hmm. honestly. I, I don't, what do you think? Does it change? Not really. Like you say, I think the overall objective stays the same. The path or situations will change. Like when I first started the limousine company, I did it because we had a baby girl and I wanted to stay home and take care of her during the day. So I needed to find a way that I can make money at night when my wife was home and had a limousine. I also knew that my why was at some point to teach other entrepreneurs and small businesses how to grow a successful business, how mm -hmm. to not just take a business and run it, but how to build it into an actual 
true business, which I'll get into in a little bit. And in doing so, I had to figure out how to take one limousine, which I happen to have, and turn it into a fleet. But really my why at the time was how could I do this and at the same time take care of my kids as a right. stay-at-home dad. Right. So, so that's your foundational why, your motivator, right? And, and then you go another layer into your why of how to do it well. Hmm. And, and in a way that it's going to serve you and your family best. Mm-hmm. As well as your marketplace, right? Right. And being efficient. I had to figure out how I could take care of three kids, run at 1.3 businesses at the same time, and learn how to do it. So I found that when I was, Zig Ziglar used to say, turn your automobile into the automobile university. So when I was on the road with going to or from a client, I had cassette cassettes for those of you and CDs for the newer folks on the call that I would listen to all all the time. So through a course of a day, I could listen to three or four hours of educational material. So I was able to get the knowledge and fit it in around the other activities that I was doing. I didn't have time to say, I'm going to read a book. So I listened to a book. I didn't have time to necessarily build the business and take care of the kids. So I would pick the kids up at daycare, feed them lunch, park under a tree while they took their afternoon nap and took did paperwork. Then drop the kids off at the mother's office. I want to pick up a client. So everything I did was very efficient. I didn't waste time. Got it. Okay. So this is really cool because now we're starting to drill down how, how to develop the true north. So it's sustainable. So good job. Wow, what an interesting, um, an interesting story. Because again, you know, here we are, that twelve-year-old that figures out how to win big, and now here you are sharing a story about being a young parent and figuring out how to win big. Which, in this case, the win big was not just have a successful business, but have a successful family life. Hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to see where you take us next, Mike. Thanks. <laughs> and the other nice thing was because, again, don't forget earlier, I said my why was to teach and impact and improve the lives of people. Right. Well, when I had the limousine company, who best to do that with was my clients. So though I was learning a lot from my clients, I was making money from my clients, but I was also trying to find ways I could give back. How could I be that true trusted resource? for my clients. So they didn't just think of me as another limousine driver, but they thought of me as an actual resource. They thought of me as, I would tease them and tell them, think of me as G's, your concierge, because I was always helping them. I was always talking to them outside of the car and in the business and outside the business, we built up friendships. And or because I did that organically, I built a huge amount of value into the business that when it came time to sell it, I was then able to sell it for a decent amount of money because the value of the business was the database. It was a relationship that I had built up over the years. Though that wasn't my intention, my intention was to serve and impact and improve the lives of my clients. Organically, I did that. Years later, I learned from a mentor that in building a business, we should give ourselves a time frame. It could be one year. For me, it was five years. At the end of five years, how do you want the business to look? And in 
essence, when you go into business, and in a second I'll share a story on that, but when you go into business, you want to design a business, not a job. And a lot of small business owners and entrepreneurs really create a job, more so than a business. And in a second I'll explain, because it looks like you have a question. In a second I'll explain what I mean by that. Uh, okay, so Mike and I are, are doing a video recording, but you guys only get the pleasure of the audio. So he's he's seeing that um, I'm sitting there going, oh, he just slid into our second takeaway. <laughs> so um, thanks for catching that. Yeah, everyone pay attention here because Mike's been talking about our why, our true north of our business. And he was talking about how he realized being a resource for his clients was really important, not just in how you are initially serving them and generating revenue, but going beyond that. And I, I want to share with everybody, I think that's a really powerful message for you to remember. And if your why or your true north is already developed, start moving into this concept and thinking about how else you can be beneficial to them. Because I continue to experience and hear from my clients that this is where they become undeniable resource for their clients and they get referrals like crazy and their business exponentially grows. So this, this first point is phenomenally important for you to amplify your business. Now, here we are, Mike's moving us already into the second takeaway. And he started out with talking about creating a business and or a job, right? Yes. Okay, so so now Mike, why don't we dive into two? And Mike is the consummate storyteller and he just, just boom, did that. And I had to peel it back for a moment. Thank you, Mike. You're welcome. So I'm gonna share a story with you about these two neighbors good friends, had a lot in common, neighbor A and neighbor B. I'll give them simple names to remember. Neighbor A has <laughs> a great talent. And neighbor A decides to take the talent and create a business around her talent. So she has some clients that she worked with from her previous job and decided to take and continue to work with those clients mainly because her job ended up going away. So she, the company closed and she now was um, unemployed, had a great passion to serve her clients and wanted to continue to work with the clients. So she started the business and continued to service the clients, pretty much continued to do the same thing she did when she worked with the company prior to a closing and built a really good business. She had clients coming, being referred to her from different sources. She ran, did the accounting herself. She serviced the clients. She pretty much did everything. She was, as they say, the cook and bottle, cook and bottle, jack of all trades, master and none. There's another <laughs> phrase for that, but I forget it at the moment. Okay. Basically, she did everything herself. And okay. in her own right, created a great business. Neighbor B, however, he recognized the fact that he didn't want to do everything himself and that he had great skill sets and he knew what they were and had a goal, uh, why, behind why he was going to start his business. And he too, ironically, was let go and reintroduced the workforce, as they might say. And <laughs> so he started his business. And now the neighbors 
were running independent businesses, but they were friends, so they would share business tidbits with each other as they grew the businesses, et cetera, and made a lot of fun. So neighbor B, he hired, he first went out and found a few clients and took care of them and again got a few referrals from those clients he continued to network and build out his sphere of influence and continue to bring on clients but he also knew that he didn't want to do everything he didn't want to be that jack of all trades master of none he wanted to find other people whose skill sets were his weaknesses he knew what he did and did very well but he also knew what his weaknesses were. And rather than focusing there, he found and hired other people to work with that brought those skill sets to the table. So now over year one, year two, year three, he continued to serve his clients, continued to build a great business, but he also had a team of employees helping him do that. The nice thing was as the business grew, he was able to continue to expand and build out the foundation and as he would need another employee, he would bring the employee on board or he might hire the resources from another company and borrow their talents without having to hire the employees. But at the same time, he could use the talents of the other company and then feed those talents into his own business and earn a small profit from that as well. So his business was able to grow in multiple aspects. Now, fast forwarding it to the end of five years. Neighbor A and neighbor B get together for coffee. And ironically, neighbor B just got an offer from another business that really liked what he did and wanted to merge with him and offered him, I won't say how much, but let's say it was well over seven figures. And he was really excited about the idea and wasn't sure whether or not he should do it. So he figured he would ask his friend, neighbor A, what her thoughts were. And though she was excited for him, she also couldn't imagine how could she take her business, again, because it was her business, and without becoming an employee for another company, how could she really sell it? Because she became the business, in essence, she created another job for herself using the business as the tool. And though she was, again, very successful in her own right and wanted to continue running her business, she was kind of pigeonholed in a certain a certain point within where her business could grow to. Meanwhile, business neighbor B was able to merge and sell his business because he built an actual business. He had a business that had systems in it, had employees running it, had ongoing clients, had all the key things the business needs, but most importantly, he didn't have to be in the business. The people purchasing the business knew that if he decided to go jump on a plane and fly to Hawaii for two months, they would be just fine without him. They liked him in the business. They liked him working in the business, but they didn't need him. And need, capital N, is the important piece. And growing a business, you want to build a business that allows you to serve your purpose, continue to move towards your true north in the direction of your true north, but doesn't need you working in a business. Oh, so what you're talking about, Mike, is the difference between entrepreneurs creating a job for themselves, a J-O-B, versus right. where they control everything, so they're working for money, versus an entrepreneur building a small business, and it's a business that they can ultimately sell when they're ready to mm -hmm. exit. 
And sometimes that may be sooner than they ever thought, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that's a big difference because there's plenty of entrepreneurs that are creating jobs for themselves instead of going somewhere and having, as they say, the man give them a paycheck versus those who are focused on building a business for long-term gains as well, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. All right. Cool. This is huge, Mike. Wonderful. And they both serve a purpose and either one's okay. It's not that one is necessarily better than the other. It's just the value behind one may be a lot larger than the other. So it depends on, again, what, you, what is your purpose? What is your why? And what do you want the business to give back to you? And what do you want to do in the world? Take Eli Musk as an example. He started a business and ran a business for a few years and walked it with a couple hundred million dollars and then decided to build Tesla. <laughs> and he's, it's a strange right. story, but it was because he built the business that allowed him to do that. Right. And, and now, you know, whether you're a fan of his or not, um, and whether you agree with what he's trying to accomplish or not, doesn't matter. The point was he did one business very successfully. He grew a business so mm -hmm. he could sell it so he could create what his true passion is. You know, and to me, that's, that's phenomenal. And we all win because he did that, right? Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. So this is a big shift. Um, and I think it's something that's not discussed enough in the small business sector, which is, are you creating a J-O-B or are you creating a business? Because there's, there's pros and cons to both. And if you're running one of those and, and you, you say, hey, this is how I'm behaving, I'm behaving like I'm creating a J-O-B, well, then you can't expect there to be an outcome in five or 10 years, whatever you want that to be. Whereas if you are running a small business, well, then, yeah, you're going to have probably a few more headaches or maybe just different headaches, hmm. but you have an end game and you have your exit strategy. Even if you don't know exactly what it is, you're moving towards it. And sometimes I think people just need permission to start moving towards something, and you know, like a true north, and then start figuring out how to navigate the path to get there. Yeah, very true. Another good example, too, was when I had the limousine company, I knew how big of a fleet I wanted to run. And I knew that if I wanted to reach a point evaluation within the business, I needed a lot more cars. But I didn't want to hire a bunch of employees. I wanted to keep it as close to base as possible while having the ability to expand out my business. So what I did was I linked arms with a lot of other limousine companies and we'd work together and I could take on, I had seven cars in the fleet as an example, but I could book a job for a company that needed 20 cars. And I did it through my business. Everything ran through my business, but I didn't call up another company that I worked with who had four cars, another company that I worked with who had six cars, and I borrowed their cars and their drivers and ran those cars as if they were part of my own fleet. I then gave them a 20% referral fee or a processing fee, admin fee, however you want to call that, for helping me. 
But on the other hand, I didn't have to buy their cars. I didn't have to pay their employees. They did that. And yet I got full credit as if I had that. And the company that I work with just assumed I had 20 cars, even though I only had seven. Well, that's being really good at outsourcing. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. and look at that, the perception, because you figured out how to do that, the perception was that you were about three times the size that you really were because you delivered such stellar service, so they never knew any differently. Bravo to you. Thank you. And the nice thing was the company that had the 40 cars in the, our arena bought my company because <laughs> they wanted my system. They didn't need the cars. I sold the cars independently and sold them my operating system. Ah, okay. The whole that's a whole so different conversation. And we're gonna have to save that for another that's right. another episode because we are out of time today, listeners. So Mike, I wanna thank you. Let me uh, do a quick wrap up here, okay? Because we have Perfect. Many more episodes to dive into what you just started. You you gave a good tickler there. <laughs> okay, listeners, so here's the deal. This is how you can learn more and engage with number one best-selling business author, Mike Raber. First, start by reading chapter seven about finding your true north in the number one new release book, Brilliant Breakthroughs for the Small Business Owner, volume two. That's what the emerald color uh, cover. And then gift your business's performance by accepting the invitation Mike is offering you on his author's page at the end of his chapter. It's relevant and free. Plus, he also has at the end of his chapter all sorts of social media handles for you to go ahead and connect with him. So here's something that's really cool right now, listeners, that we want you to know about. You can see everything about the book and even how to get a hold of it and Mike by going to the books app. Yes, we have a, an app that's dedicated to the book and the author teams. The, as a matter of fact, the whole book series and, and both teams. It's one word, so get ready for this. The app is Brilliant Biz Book. Go to your app store, type in Brilliant Biz Book, download it for free, and you'll have access to many podcasts, the authors, as and both books, and even events where we're hanging out. There's also another really cool feature on the app, and it's, it's uh, Ask an Expert, and you'll see Mike Raber's name there. If you have a question about anything he said today or something else that you're thinking about, go ahead and click on Mike Raber's name, type in your question, he'll get your email, Believe it or not, that's an email that you're sending, and he will respond back to you. Won't you, Mike? Yes, ma'am. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, Mike, I want to thank you for your time and your wisdom sharing today. You're welcome. It's yeah, always you, a pleasure to be here. Well, you bring the wow. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> and listeners, we appreciate you for listening to the Brilliant Breakthroughs podcast, where you learn how to create more brilliant breakthroughs for your small business. We'll be back next week, so until then, shine brightly.